0: What's up, what's up? Another week, another podcast. This is your favorite football podcast, The Football Academy. I'm here, Sapoon, tonight with Braden. How's it going, sir?
1: It's going well. Um, Another week distance from the debacle that was the end of Arsenal's season. Um, Took in some Champions League uh, football, which was uh, an interesting game. Um, And otherwise, yeah, just kind of... I don't want to say enjoying uh, the football being away, but just kind of like it, it's it's nice to have a small break, and I do say small because it's going to be here a lot sooner than we all think it will be. That is pretty sure, sir, and um, I mean a very
0: dramatic's not really the right word, but uh, anticlimactic end for um, Liverpool season, back to back weeks lost the Premier League and then followed it up with losing. The Champions League final to Real Madrid, one Um, I would say I feel sorry, but I really don't. So fuck y'all. But that is kind of it for the football season. So we can now reflect back. We don't have any more surprises coming up. So for those of you who you, for those of you who are interested, uh, Bournemouth, Fulham, and Nottingham Forest are back into the Premier League. Good to see Bournemouth as well, to be honest. Um, but this kind of gives us a. Uh, window into reviewing this past season and in t- instead of just straight going in and deep diving into um just the our thoughts of the Premier League and what we thought of each individual team instead of that we are going to go with uh, kind of a different style at least for this episode we have never done this so welcome to your first annual um TFA football awards um We're going to give out our thoughts on who should win the best player, the best young player, uh, the best manager, best transfer, worst transfer, obviously got to talk shit, Um, best goalkeeper, best defender, best midfielder and best attacker. It is going to be pretty straightforward. Uh, I think maybe we'll put some money down next time uh, before the season to see how we all do uh, and how we think the season's going to go. And... Will is not here with us for this episode, but he has given his picks in, so we will um, honor his picks and kind of. Brandon and I will discuss, get um all the details in from Will as well, and I think we'll just go with a democratic process. Will, you're not here to really defend your picks, so if it is a three-way tie, um, your player is just automatically going to be eliminated from that whole conversation. So, um, let us get started first. Things. I mean, this is the, I guess, the main award for uh, the season, the best player of the Premier League. Um, Braden, who do you have to kick things off?
1: Earlier in the season, it seemed like this was going to be a runaway obvious choice. It got a little closer there towards the end of the season, and there, I think there's one, maybe two, that I think you can legitimately argue for this. Uh, but for me, it's, it's most a lot. Like, it, the beginning of the season he had and the just the absolute torrid pace he was on before going to AFCON and and kind of that the breakup of that season that that had for him which uh, you know as we think towards next season it's gonna be something to think about with the World Cup right in the middle of the season is like some of these guys who went to AFCON and either uh, came back and got injured Looking at you, Thomas Parde uh, came back and was out of form. Mosala, like, that'll be something uh, interesting to watch for next year, I think. But as far as, far as the season, like, he ended up joint Golden Boot, a uh, really high tally of assists as well, was on the team that was in it to the, to the final day. Uh, I'm going with Mosala.
0: Yeah, I mean, Will also went with Mosala, and I am also going to go with Mosala. And for those of you who really like, are huge Sun people and, like, are going to say that Sun scored all the goals without really taking penalties. Uh, Mo Salah in non-penalty XG plus XA per ninety point eight nine. 0.89. So um, he's almost averaging a goal contribution a game for the whole season. And if you do include the penalties, it is 1.05. Like, it, 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 I don't think it is particularly close when you talk about impact on a game and who really the best player was. They didn't win the league. I don't really think... Um, PFA really did it justice, or whoever the fuck gave it to Kevin De Bruyne. Like I don't think Kevin De Bruyne should have won it, Uh, but everyone's entitled to their opinion, and uh, this show unanimously votes Salah as the best player of the Premier League. And moving on to a category that I'm sure Brayden's very much looking forward
1: to, the best young player. Uh, Brayden, take it away. Uh, It's all we got is best young players at Arsenal. Um... uh, there, there's a number of very talented young players uh, in the in the Premier League right now, like I know Foden won the PFA award. I think that's slightly ridiculous. Like I know he has his contributions and he's a very good player, but I, to me, I'm very interested in, in the guy that really carried a young Arsenal team at, at times, especially when a lot of the senior players were letting him down. Um, to me, it's going to be Socket. Like there's a number of good pl- young players, even just on the Arsenal team that you can point out. Uh, Smith Rowe had a fantastic season uh, with 10 goals. Um, Martinelli uh, also with double digit goal contributions, but none of them were really just, just like putting the team on their back for performances week in and week out. And to do it also after everything that happened to the Euros and how that finished to bounce right back and have this impactful season. I, it's very, very impressive with and I, I think there's going to be more and better to come. Um, So, looking forward to that. Yeah, I think Will also went
0: with Bukayo Osaka. So, I mean, he is going to uh, be the best young player from the show. Um, I, I do want to give a shout-out to Mark Gwehi, who I think kind of went under the radar, given that he's a defender, especially at uh, Crystal Palace. I think he had a very very good season and is part of a very young core. Um at least he is permanent out there at uh, Crystal Palace. We'll see what they can do for the other positions, but um I think where he definitely for me really stood out, I think Phil Foden winning it was also kind of a farce like he, he's been a fucking like you cannot tell me he's a four-time Premier League winner and then be like he's also a fucking young player of the year like it, it's kind of bullshit from the Premier League in my opinion as far as that goes. But um yeah, I, I I I'm gonna give it to uh Gwe, at least for my and not just to be different. I mean Saka, phenomenal season uh for a young player, but I don't know. I really like Gwehi, really rate him highly. We'll see how he does. Um moving on from the best young player to the best
1: manager, Raiden. Go ahead. So for me there's a few legitimate uh Legitimate options here for uh, best new, best manager. Uh, obviously, you've got Pep and Klopp as options. Pep wins the wins the league. I think when managers win a league, it automatically puts them in consideration for this. Um, whether or not that's you know how valid that is, who knows? But I think it kind of makes them a default choice. Uh, obviously, with what Liverpool did, uh, going for all four. Uh, all four competitions and, and really giving it a, a good go and being in them to the, the final game. I think that's a valid um, choice as well. If that's the way you want to go. But for me, it's going to be the guy who came into a situation uh, in a team that was, you know, staring down relegation. Obviously they had a large influx of Petro dollars, but um, for me, it's going to be Eddie Howe. like it's, it's not just, uh, that Newcastle came and you know, they had to take over in the takeover and they had all this money and they spent some money in January, but it's not like they went out and got a whole bunch of superstars on the scene. Like they went out, spent uh, pretty sensibly. And um, I, I think have built a pretty solid platform for next season. And a lot of the guys uh, in that Newcastle team, even even at the end of the season seemed really up for it in games that really didn't matter. Um, and I, I think you could see a an interesting Newcastle team next year, Uh, and that's not just because they go and spend, you know, another two fifty million or so, um, which they very may well, anyways. Uh, But for me, it's gonna be Eddie Howe.
0: Yeah, I mean, Will also picked Eddie Howe, so he's gonna be the winner. Um, I I genuinely don't like that because I I think Steve Bruce really was uh, horrible with that team. Like I I think that that. Uh, and again, um, I think it, along with Steve Bruce being terrible, I think Eddie Howe did tap into something good enough for them to stay up. And I think Bruno Guimara is like uh, uh, I think Premier League is becoming, while the physicality has gone down quite a bit from when, like especially even when I started watching back in two thousand two, two thousand three, to now, it's become a much more technical league. And you saw how much of a difference a player like Gomes can come and make like and i think that that is going to be the theme of newcastle building even moving forward but uh because of that i'm not going to give it to him because if i really wanted to give it to somebody like for a half a season i would give it to um antonio conte for finishing fourth with spurs but i'm not going to do that either i'm going to go with a manager who finished five points below european possessions and to be quite honest um I think this is kind of their ceiling, given everything else that has happened around them with the teams. That is Graham Potter, uh, who manages Brighton and Hove Obion. I think uh, he did a phenomenal job. They absolutely smashed Manchester United at home 4-0. I mean, whatever you want to say, they got the result. And if you want to say United were shit, whatnot, they got results against Arsenal. They got result against... Um, I believe um, Spurs as well won no wins against both the North London teams. So it, I think when it really mattered, the team has shown up. They really, you know, finally deserved the season where they did not have the XGB, like 10 goals higher than what their actual goals were. So going to give it to him, especially on the body of work for the entire season. Um, yeah, th- but anyhow, again, is going to win that
1: vote. I I think one other thing to point out for Graham Potter is uh, they did it while selling a lot of their back line. Like Ben White left in the summer uh, to go to Arsenal. And you had uh, Byrne was purchased by Newcastle in the January window, and and they weren't really able to replace him there. So I I think a lot of credit goes to Graham Potter, Potter, and that's a very good shout. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I mean, the the other person I was looking at was uh,
0: Patrick Vieira, but um, didn't. Potter finished higher than him, so and I'm wearing a Hogwarts t-shirt, so why not? Um, moving on to the best transfer. I feel like this is going to be very, very interesting. I'm going to go ahead and let you all know Will picked a very homer pick that I really hope is not going to be your um, pick, Braden. It's Luis Diaz for him. Where are you going with this one?
1: So this was easily the most difficult one uh, for me to pick out of the ones we are discussing for tonight. Um, I considered Diaz. He was not my pick. Um, but I, I did consider him cause he came in and really made a difference in January. Um, along those same lines, I considered Kublesevsky at Spurs. Um, he came in and really made a difference there. Uh, but if you look at the, the transfers that have come in and really made a difference on their team, uh, this year, it seemed like there were a lot more impact players uh, than kind of we've had in previous seasons. Like you had, you mentioned gay is the best young player um, at palace. I really considered him for this um, because I think it's a very good job for that. He's been one of the guys that have kind of completely transformed uh, that palace team. Elise uh, also at palace came in uh, this year um, and has been fantastic. Let's see who else. Cucurella came in has been great at Brighton. Um, there's been a lot of very good transfers. Um, I'm going to go with a little bit of a Homer pick as well. Um, but I think when you consider value and kind of what the ceiling of this player is, as well as the impact that he had for the second half of the season, uh, for me, it's going to be Martin Odegaard. I think he came in and really has taken, like when you see this Arsenal team play well it's usually because Odegaard is just like directing traffic and and spraying the ball all over the pitch um and so i i'm going with Odegaard i understand it's a little bit of a homer pick you know another one i thought Emmanuel Dennis at um Watford came in and was really really good at the beginning of the season um but uh, for me i i understand that this is a homer pick um but i think when you Take both the play this year and the ceiling that a player has, um, I'm gonna go with Odegaard. Damn. Uh see so you mentioned quite a
0: lot of uh There are so many good ones. <laughs> yeah. Sadly none of them for Manchester United. Um I, You know what? Uh I, I'm really not gonna go, Luis Diaz. I mean, I, I'm not gonna really do a January transfer because I, I don't really think it's fair. Like they have just had come in and had an impact, like great. But I, I think signing of the season should be somebody who's been here for the whole season. Um, uh, I'm I'm gonna go with Cucurella to be honest. Um, I, I think he really, really transformed a system because of how much technical ability and quality he brought. And like, I think he's a lot Um, product. I don't know what the fuck's going on in Barcelona, but like he definitely looks like a player they could have used. Um, and it, it's one of those things where I think um, they identified him and got him and he came in and made a big impact on the team that I think at the end of the day, like when he did not play well, you really saw how terrible that team looked like more so like, I think Odegaard, similarly, but not at to the very extreme just because the quality of players uh, they both play with, um, you really see the difference. So we have a three-way tie. Uh, I'm going to strike Diaz up just because Will's not here to really argue for him. And I already gave the uh, parameter that you got to have be here for the whole season. So between Odegaard and Cucurella,
1: um, do you have a strong feeling? I don't know if I have a strong feeling either way. Like I think these would both be deserving winners for this. Um, yeah, I, I think that what Cucurella has done at Brighton has been fantastic. Like like you said, he's a technical player that just lifts the whole level of that squad. I think they're gonna struggle to hold on to him. i I like maybe he can maybe they can do it for another year, but I think some big boy clubs are gonna come. Looking yeah. for him pretty soon, um, and so uh, maybe that's exactly what Brighton want. Maybe they've identified you know three or four more that they can get for the fifty or sixty million that they're going to sell him for. Um, but what he's done in this team has has really been impressive. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know what? I'm gonna give both of them the
0: award. Um, I it's the just like yes. the Golden Boot. yep just like the golden boot that i complained about earlier um anyway here is the more uh entertaining i should say um pick worst transfer i really wish there were quite a few but um i I think will try to give us a little bit of a different opinion by going brian gill
1: i think that's wrong
0: yeah like (laughs) i i I we both think there's only one correct answer to this and that is uh, Romelu Lukaku, 97 million transfer to the European champions. Thomas Tuchel was there. Lukaku came in as the goal scorer. They even like sold one of their goal scorers back to this area. I said, hey, here you go. We can give you another Chelsea reject who will probably sign in five years for 100 million. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the numbers speak for themselves. I think the fact that he is their leading, one of their leading goal scorers, also says a whole lot.
1: Yeah, obviously, I picked Lukaku as well. I'm um, pretty surprised to see that Will did not, uh, but that's fine. Um, I, I agree with everything you said. It is, it is when you talk about transfers, there's two ways to look at it. One is just impact on the pitch, and the other is you know value for what you spend, and Lukaku's been terrible at both of those. And it's also just that I... Like other options that you could consider for this, both want like didn't just decide to blow up in the middle of the season and say that they don't really want to play for the club they're at, um, which I think is another level of why it has to be Lukaku. Is like, you know, I, there's gonna be some people on football Twitter who will say it's Grealish for because it's a hundred million, and if you just want to look at the season, okay, maybe fine, we can have that conversation, even if I think it's wrong, um, but when you can like Grealish can still come good there's just no way for Lukaku to come back from like the whole interview and only scoring eight goals and just in general not being anything like what he was brought in to do at Chelsea yeah
0: and I mean one of the biggest things for me when um I'm looking at the whole transfer it's also just a breakdown right like they're playing well and he so i i do think that there is some blame to be had for like everybody around chelsea as well like i yes. they did not really change the way they played um once lukaku came and he kind of likes to have the ball played in behind play into his feet crosses in so those are things that were really missing in chelsea and um but again like the transfer he did to with the italian um channel like you just saw off that, like, he just didn't get the service. He'd be open players are not passing it to him. Like, I, I think you saw a very um, interesting transfer and one of the most expensive transfers that Um, I think really for Chelsea, like, it's fine that they're, they've got new owners. It's kind of, for me, a bailout because th- I would have been very interested to see how uh, Roman's, um, you know, reign would have gone on with... Uh, lukaku coming in for this much money and like just really not working out so um yeah I, I think the worst transfer of the season lukaku for sure all right moving into some of the other individual awards you're gonna get out per position best
1: goalkeeper who do you have sir there's a few options that i think are worth uh having consideration um obviously you consider the guys who um Either kept the most clean sheets, were on like big parts of title or title contending runs. Um, But for me, like if you pay any attention to advanced stats and just have watched the games and, and watched like Wolves specifically, it's going to be Jose Saw. Like some of the saves that this man pulled off were just absolutely ridiculous. He ended up with a post shot expected goals uh, saved of 9.8, which uh, is like. It's him at 9.8. I think De Gea's at, like, around 6.5. And, and then, like, another... Then, like, you see the bell curve start where it's, like, a bunch of people who are around, like, 4.5 or so. And I, I think it just shows you how much farther ahead he was in shot stopping. I, I think he probably has some issues distributing out of the back. Like, Wolves look shaky there at times, but for just a st- shot stopper like he's been fantastic this season and was a big part of why Wolves were keeping so many clean sheets winning so many like one nil to one type matches and in contention for European spaces until like late in the season and then they just kind of fell off a little bit uh, but for me it's Jose saw yeah I mean will went with Anderson but
0: um, I-, I really think that's a Cop out pick because um, I'm gonna go with Jose Asa as well. I think um he was absolutely phenomenal and um I th- I think one of the very big things that you really saw was um uh, people really questioned what Wolves were gonna do after they lost Re Patricio and you and Patricio in his own regard was a very good shot stopper. You saw his heroics in the Conference League final, but at the end of the day, like um I think Jose Sa brought something into the team that you know. I'm not gonna say Rui Patrício didn't bring, but just wasn't there or wasn't as evident in uh, in even Nuno's system, maybe. So I'm gonna go with Jose Sa. All right, best defender. This is gonna be an interesting one. Um, Will's gone with Cancelo.
1: Who are you gonna go with? This was uh, along with transfer was probably the one of the more difficult ones for me to pick, and primarily that's because what we define as defender these days, I think it's just very hard. Uh, so that's why we clarified this in, in the chat earlier today. I I'm going with Trent, like legally league, and assist and uh, from right back is a really impressive thing to do. He's not really a defender and it feels dumb to give like best defender to Trent Alexander Arnold, because uh, as a pure defender, it's, not great. Like I think, I think football Twitter often gets a little carried away with how bad they think Trent is, but I, I, he's not great. Um, but you cannot deny the offensive output that he has. And just the, the way so much runs through him for this Liverpool team. Like it's, it's almost like he's playing, uh, like he's the creative, like 10 for the team playing out of right back. And, um, I I think that's a really difficult skill set to find. It's it's not something you expect or see very many defenders um, who are actually able to do that. And um, I think this whole system at Liverpool w- struggles a lot more if he's not there. Like I think I uh, I also considered Robertson because he had a very good season at Liverpool. But I uh, when I thought about is like. Saminkas has come in and been pretty decent at times versus like when Trent hasn't been in the Liverpool team, I, I don't think they've looked that great. Um, so I'm going to Trent and that feels dumb, but yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I'm going to go with Cancelo as well, to be honest. Um, I, I think offensively, Trent is pro- probably, I mean, his output speaks for itself and it is probably better better but um, I think overall as a player I think Cancelo like when he wasn't playing this season you really saw uh, a different Man City because more so than anything like he's essentially become the second uh, main creator on that team like right behind De Bruyne if it wasn't for De Bruyne he would be the main man in terms of orchestrating the attack so I'm gonna go with Cancelo in this point all right, moving on to the best midfielder. I think this is a unanimous vote for once. Um, I'm gonna go with KDB. What's going with KDB. How are you feeling?
1: Yeah, I also took KDB. Um, I will say this one to me is a hard one to really evaluate because there's a lot of players and like different like player archetypes that go into like uh, midfielder. So like, is it best defensive midfielder is it like best connecting it's the best box to box is it whatever like you whatever you value you can see very different things uh, come through with each of these players i feel like but the guy that kind of does it all and does it all consistently is kevin de bruyne like you look at uh, putting him i think it's like 15 goals um, from midfield um and on unexpected goals that's not very high which just like speaks to how good of a finisher he is um uh, and like you see the city team when it has Kevin De Bruyne at full fitness, uh, they're it, it's just like that one extra little bit of edge that kind of takes them from a very good team to one that at times looks almost invincible. Um uh, and, and like I think he is a big part of that difference of when you see like City kick up another gear.
0: Yeah. I mean K D B, congratulations. Um all right, the final one, uh the one of the best attacker at this point. Um I mean I, I I think there is somewhat of an argument to be made for a one other person, but that is not who well went Will went with. Will went with Ronaldo, which I mean, thank you for that, but um I,
1: I don't really see it, Brain. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I can choose Mosala for best player and then choose someone else for best attacker. Like, I, I for me, it's gonna be Mosala for all the reasons we said. I my second pick would be Hung-Min Son. Um, also had a great season at, at Spurs. and uh, was really like also turned it on at the end of the season to get them then push the to top four. Uh, but uh, for me, uh, Mosala just barely edges them out.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with Salah as well. As you said, not going to pick somebody else as the best attacker after picking him as the best player. Um, Similar to you, I think Son would be my second choice. I I will say um, Ronaldo being... I think he finished third in the uh, Golden Boot competition. And to be honest, like for how horrible the Manchester United team was and um, him also being 37, like sure... Like, that is an achievement in and of itself, but I do not think that makes you um, the best attacker, I guess, top three, for what it's worth. Um, Moving on to the final one, Braden, you coined this. You go ahead and frame this.
1: Uh, Yeah, so I'm uh, calling this the best player from one of the relegated teams. Um, So you've got your choice of Norwich, Watford, or um, Burnley. And uh, who you think is the best player from uh, each of the or from any of those teams? Uh, for me, this I was choosing between two players uh, on this. Both of them new transfers, um, and and I kind of went back and forth on this. Uh, for me, I went ahead and chose Emmanuel Dennis at Watford. I think he came in and had a really fantastic season, especially the first half of the season. Um, and really kinda like was the spark of hope, I think, for Watford earlier in the year, especially when uh when Sar was healthy as well and you had uh King, Dennis, and uh Sar uh playing at a front three, I it was a Watford team that wasn't great but were dangerous. Um and then when Sar went down, like the the whole effectiveness went down as well. Um but uh for me it's gonna be Emmanuel Dennis. I fair.
0: Um so I have two players. They're both going to be Burnley players, uh, funnily enough. Um one of them, Matty United's very own, um Dwight McNeil. I, I think he I, I think he's a very good player. I, I want to see a mid table team take a flyer four on him because excuse me, I think he has the right bill to at least be a squad player you know like from that right wing he's left-footed very technically decent um so uh, uh, one is him but within burnley the guy i would pick is Maxwell cornette to be honest yep. like I, I i think he is <laughs> i i, I want to he's another player i want to see in a better system because he showed me a little bit more than what i'm used to from burnley players and almost kept them up at the end of the day so, um, I was really wishing that I would pick Rafinha for this, but um sadly, I'll settle for um cornet <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, no, I think Cornette's a, a fantastic choice, and when I said that I was choosing between two players, uh both new transfers uh Cornette was my was the other person I really considered for this um I, yeah I, I think those two players specifically were key bright spots. Um, for both of their teams. And I, it wouldn't surprise me if they are hot commodities this summer. Um, because I, I think Cornette, especially, I, I don't know if he's going to want to hang around in the championship. Um, like we'll see. I I could see him angling for a a move and and maybe that's a move back to France. I I don't know. Um, but I could see, I could see that him being a hot commodity on the transfer market. Yeah that is very very fair so there you have it those are
0: the first awards from the football academy we'll try to do this every year maybe you know give us uh give you our thoughts on what we think is going to happen next year so um uh, this is the part of the season there no actual football is being played um by the clubs that we love um and given that is the case we will try to bring you as much content as we can but your traffic is what is going to drive us in terms of where we go and what kind of content we produce. So if you do like something, if you disagree with our picks, if you want to uh hear our views on something, please give us a five-star review. Put your comments on i iTunes podcast Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify Podcast, wherever you want. Um, uh, and let's have a good summer. So that is it from us. We will see you next week. And um Season review. Here we go. (laughs) It's going to be a long one next week. Settle in.